Hey, hi, hello, how are you? And welcome back to Watch It Again, the podcast where we go through 101 movies to see before you die. As always, I am your host, Jacob, and with me are... I'm Nick. And I'm James. And we have no cat this week. Sorry, cat. Miss you, cat. I, I was waiting for someone to say their name first. Nick was just way out of it. I'm like, pointing to you like, you go first, buddy. Because <laughs> it's always cat that goes after me. And then I was like, oh, no. Is this, have we just been... When was the last time cat was that... Paris Bueller, or is it? Yeah. Been, yeah. Or well, she missed one recently. Has she not missed an episode since no. then? I think it's only you two swooping, swapping in and out. Yeah, shit. It's, wow. Yeah, it's been, which was right at the start of this year. It was like episode like eight or nine or something, I think yeah, it was Paris Bueller. Yeah. On. Damn. Wow, look at that. The boys and are I'm back. just here look every time. <laughs> you have the equipment. Yeah, he's that's the, true. He's the nerd with 100% <laughs> attendance record. Woo! That's right, when something. Happens to Jacob, we'll just record it off a phone or something. <laughs> <laughs> just, just awful audio call. All, uh, all the effort's going to go. Have no login to upload it, but it's fine. No, <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll really struggle to do the intro and especially the outro. Yes. <laughs> um, James, it's your yes. turn. Yes, so, it is. Yeah, go. I um, So this week we watched Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. And this is the first title I've ever had to read my notes for. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very complicated Second light, little second title. Mm. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the title, I'm going to go straight on to some notes about the title because there were a few that, oh, sorry, this is a Stanley Kubrick film and there was a few titles he considered. The, the most normal one is Wonderful Bomb, but the other considerations were Dr. Strangelove's Secret Uses of Uranus, <laughs> as in the planet, but obviously a pun. <laughs> Or <laughs> Doctor Doomsday, or How to Start World War Three without even trying. So he was really on about oh, the really a, long title. I really title. like How to Start World War Three without even trying. <laughs> that's my favorite that is one good. Too. There would have been uproar, but like that, that's a, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good, good title though. Title. I like that he that he had three silly ones and yeah. one like kind of eh, normalish yeah. one. I didn't even know the whole subtext at the end was part of the title. The, how I learned to love the bomb or whatever. Yeah. Because like, I was looking for this and I was like, what the fuck is that? Is that like a documentary about the movie or something? Because it was <laughs> like, it's a re-release from 2008. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I guess it's not on anything. But No, it's just, yeah. And it's kind of funny that it's called Dr. Strangelove considering how minimal of a role I he mean, feels like he I has in the film. The first time his name was, I think I paused it and I think it was like the 43rd minute or something. And I was like, Bruh. And it's not like one where, oh, he comes in at the 43rd minute, but then he's really important. No, like, he just kind of comes in and out across the whole thing, sort of, yeah. until his little weird thing at the, end, at the end. Which we'll get to. Don't yeah. worry. I will spend a little time on that. <laughs> um, but coming back to it, so this film um, was released in 1964, as I said, directed by Stanley Kubrick, who we've also, is probably his third appearance with 2001 Space Odyssey and Shining. Shining Psycho. What? No. That's Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Oh, it's Hitchcock, isn't it? Yes. He did something we, else. We've done something else on him. I'll look at the list. You keep going. You, you have a look. <laughs> um, so this film stars Peter Sellers in three different roles, uh, as well as George C. Scott, Slim Pickens, and Sterling Hayden. Uh, it's loosely... Bo- and a young James L. Jones. And James, Sorry, yes, and James L. Jones. Uh that blew my mind because yeah. I didn't even realise it was him I, I, I until I titles. looked at the cast like, list and I was oh like, my God. oh, okay. Hi. It was when I was I was reading <laughs> trivia about the film. It was like his co-star, James L. Jones. I'm like, wait, James what? L. Jones is in this movie. Yeah, I was like, sorry? What? What? So the film is based on Peter George's Red Alert, written four years prior in 1958, or released in 1958. And Peter George is also one of the co-writers of the script. So Kubrick co-wrote with Sellers and Peter George and another guy that I didn't write the name down. Sorry, buddy. Um... <laughs> It was preserved in 1989 by the U.S. Library of Con- Congress for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant, um, and was ranked third on a 2000 list of the funniest American films. Um, it's Kubrick's highest-rated film on Rotten Tomatoes, 98% approval. Speaking of Kubrick, I found the list. Oh yeah, um, we've done two of his now, include so that we did The Shining and 2001: Space Odyssey. Then there's this. Oh, we've got a clockwork. But we also have oh, a clockwork orange and full metal jacket to go. Full metal jacket's on the list. I'm pretty sure. I didn't even realise. So, mm. there you go. Um, Of course, clockwork orange, yeah. 
So uh, this film was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Actor. It did not win any of them. Uh, Unlucky. It lost Best Picture and Actor to My Fair Lady. <laughs> what a shit yeah, film. R- <laughs> rough <laughs> actually, um, it's, it's actually not that bad. But <laughs> um, the It was shot on a budget of $1.8 million, which today would be $15 million. And uh, and by the way, I did listen to last week's episode, and I noticed that I was sorely missed when we were doing yeah, the like, version. Oh no! <laughs> Where's James to convert the monies? Um, and it earned nine point four million dollars box office, which would have been eighty million dollars at the moment. So not a bad. That's haul. not too bad. Like fifteen million dollar cost now to ninety million. Like that's a decent Good return. Yeah, for a film like double for that's not really. Still, it's not a conventional of, yeah. film. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of big sitting in one big room. <laughs> yeah, how much of the budget went towards making like the bombs at the end, like the bomb set? Oh, the like the the plane with all yeah, everything right. dropping in. Yeah, and how much they had to pay for the footage of all the nuclear bombs, which that is all were exploded, real footage. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's all. Like so not, not not war nuclear bombs, but like test test yeah, bombings. So all yeah, all test footage, and the same shots are used a couple of times over. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Um, so in, uh, writing the screenplay, um, the film was originally meant to be a very serious tone about potentially potential nuclear war kind of makes sense. Uh, but Kubrick stated he found writing the screenplay, he had to keep leaving out things because they seemed too absurd that they were just going to be laughable. Um, and he eventually realised these things were rather integral to the story, so he rewrote it as <coughs> the black comedy that it is. Mm. Yeah, it is actually pretty, like, it is funny. Like, there's a lot yeah. of you like, huh. I, what was, there was another old movie that we talked oh, when I did the general for our, for our yeah, special, yeah. It, it's all on the list of being really funny, and I'm like, I had a few little chuckle moments, uh, but this one generally did. This is, yeah, yeah, it was actually, actually funny, really yeah. Funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was filmed at Shepparton Studios near London because... Peter Sellers uh, was in the middle of a divorce and he thus could not leave England. Ah. Um, which I feel like has come up before of an actor or director was in a divorce and that like influenced the production. Yeah, just what do we got to do? Poor Peter Sellers. Or maybe not. I don't know. It depends. Maybe poor Peter Sellers' ex-wife. I was going to say, isn't that the situation with that director who can't leave France or something? He's a bad man. I Who don't is know. it? I don't know, is? Nick. Uh, the Sharon Tate's husband. What's his name? Um, oh yeah. Um, um, Sharon yeah, that Tate's one, husband. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he's like a pedo or something. Yeah, yeah. allegedly. <laughs> Wait, I, is it I don't alleged think, I don't oh, think it's alleged. I've, I just always, whenever <laughs> we say this stuff on the podcast, yeah. I'm like, let's not slander people. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't come home for like 50 years. I think it's. Yeah, I think it's just. <laughs> mm, oops. I think it's fair though. Yeah. Anyway, moving um, on. So, as it's, yeah, um, it was originally meant to be serious. Um, a similar film was made into a serious um, film about a very similar subject called Failsafe. No, it's called War Games and it stars um, Matthew Broderick. It's on a computer. I have not seen <laughs> War Games. <What>? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Failsafe was, fil- was based off a novel, also called Failsafe, which... The um the writer of Red Alert, Peter George, sued for plagiarism. So the novel <laughs> that this one's based on sued the other novel that that one was based on. Nice. Um, and settled out of court. So um in so a similar fashion, that if you're settling out of court, you, you yeah. yeah yeah. So in a similar fashion, Stanley Kubrick sued the creators of this of the film, and was also settled successfully for him. Um, <laughs> so. Failsafe was being made independently and this one was being made by Columbia. I mean, uh, there's a precedent that the book was sued and was successful. Yeah, so exactly. sort of like, well, you copied us and now you're copying us again. So pay up, bitches. But what happened was, um, so Columbia essentially bought the the rights to Failsafe and then uh, opened it eight months after Strangelove. Um, so essentially because they were so similar, the worry was if it came out afterwards, it would look like... The yeah. second one copied the first one, so they made they made Failsafe open eight months later, which it was still critically acclaimed at the time, but the ticket sales were rather average, yeah. so possibly influenced by it's like, that. I just watched this movie. <laughs> just been on. I so got it on home video now. <laughs> I watched um, Strange Love because I was at home in Tamworth and my dad really liked it. Yeah. And then he said, oh, we have to watch Failsafe as well. So I yeah. ended up watching the second one. And 
it is well made, but it's so strikingly similar. I when I had to <laughs> I had to redo the plot like write plot notes day about this, and I was struggling to distinguish what <laughs> happened in which one. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, all the dumb shit happens in this one because it's the comedy, yeah. but it, they're so strikingly similar. Um, That's great, but this one is definitely the more enjoyable one. Um, so some information about some of the lead actors. So as I said, Peter Sellers played three different roles. Did he? Um, he did. So he is Group Ca- Captain Lionel Mandrake, the British officer. Yeah, that's in the yeah, that's at the start. He is president the whole thing. US President Merkin Muffley. Is and, he? And he's Doctor Strangelove. <laughs> I did not notice. I, I noticed that like Strangelove and the President looked so, somewhat similar, but the, the Sunnies kind of do a bit of the job of masking it. Did you notice, Nick? No, no, no clue. Yeah. Holy, <laughs> I. What? <laughs> so, so I didn't even one. I didn't realize, and two, I've just actually because like I just clicked on the because ex- I looked at the cast list before, and I didn't even realize that Doctor Strange Love wasn't in the list when you look at IMDb. Just in the tabs for the cast, yeah. When you click all, and then it has it all there. Oh, yeah. that would have, yeah. So I have a bit of information about. It. So uh, this is um, from Kubrick's production. What was it called Lolita? Um, two years prior, which was quite successful. The studio decided or interpreted a lot of that success due to Sellers' mm. portrayal of, I believe, a character with mul- like multiple like I- multiple identities or, or personalities. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Um, but so they essentially stipulated that before they funded the movie, yeah, which right. Kubrick said was like was was dumb, but he'll go along with it because he has to. Um. So Sellers said men um, of the th- – oh, sorry. He was originally meant to be four different characters. He was also meant to be um, the the captain of the of the ship, the bombardier. Yeah. Uh, who's, what's his name? Uh, Major TJ King Kong. Um, what a man. Yeah, what a title. What, an, <laughs> what, a, what a way to go out when we get to that bit. <laughs> um, but uh, because Sellers had an injury on set, he couldn't fit into the um, – the like the plane, plane set, uh, basically. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he said Mandrake was the easiest to play because he um, he served in the Air Force during World War Two, and he did like a mimicry similar to one of his superiors. That um, I imagine his superior sounded a bit less silly. Uh, in, <laughs> or not? But um, he said that was quite easy for him. Um, so then, yeah, he portrayed um, the president, which who was originally he was portraying him very silly and with a cold. Um, he tried to make him seem very weak. Um, Kubrick didn't like this, and so he cut it out a bit of the way through. But you still can hear him being very sniffly, like in some of the earlier scenes. Um, and of course, he also plays Doctor Strangelove, who is one of. The, so there's a lot of similarities between the book and the film. Doctor Strangelove is one of the only ones. He is completely added and. Well, you can see that compared to a somewhat serious book, he stands he's out very, a bit. Yeah, he's a bit weird. Um, so, this is all the setting of this film, which we'll we'll get into the actual plot in a, in a moment. But um, it's all based on very what was a very real program during the Cold War. Like I was talking to my dad, and he was saying, like during this time, like everyone was genuinely afraid that there was going to be huge nuclear war, and like at least two of the big superpowers, if not the whole planet, was just going to be eviscerated. But no one was game enough. As you can like, as you can see with, like, all, like, the president and all the generals and stuff, like, neither side was ever going to do it. <laughs> and it's just, like, this obviously in this, like, one general goes rogue and he's like, fuck this. But, like, in reality, no one was, no one was game enough to, to press the button. To actually do the first because, strike. Because, like, if you strike for... I think that even says, like, the American... Like, one of the generals or someone says... Or maybe the president says... America has a zero, like a no first strike policy. And it's like, yeah, because like if you strike first, that's it. Yeah, it's all yeah. it's like, all going on, and it's all. If someone launches done, one, they all the other launches up. a thousand, and then the first one launches a thousand back, and that's it. That's it for that's, within that's the game. a couple of hours, the world is done. Like, woo, <laughs> <laughs> could still happen right now, but you know. Yeah, gr- um, too scared. Grim. Trump's parting gift. <laughs> Whoops, my finger slipped. <laughs> no, he'll, he'll like get dragged out, kicking and screaming, and he'll accidentally hit the button. Or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's just in his pocket. Yeah, he's just walking around with it, just in case. 
He has a button on him. Like it's not attached to anything. It's yeah, like it's a just a bu- it's just a big red button. And he opens a little box, like a little ring, <laughs> ring box, and just goes boom. But then, like, it's not like a launch. It's a self destruct for all of them. It's like if I can't have it, no one can. Yeah. Anyway, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> Trump did this in the future. Yeah. He's he's in a pattern of suing people at the moment. So I was going to say, we're joking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Potentially, you future president. All, you Trump. spent all our money on. Um, Podcasting equipment. We have yeah, we got to n- give. That's good because then we can just declare bankruptcy nothing. and they can't sue us. <laughs> we got no money for lawyers. Yay. Um, anyway, carrying on. So Strange Love is um, based on the real scientist Werner van Braun, um, who was a Nazi, one of many Nazi scientists that America essentially took after the war and used to build their rocket program. Um, so he's one of the people that was very responsible for the Saturn V, which was the rocket that first flew to the moon. Um, so that's that's Sellers' three different roles. Um, we also have uh, George C. Scott as General Buck Tur- Turgidson, my um, my favorite character from this film. Yeah, personally, he's, he's my favorite. He's just so like <laughs> out there. And well, funny you say that he was out there. So Kubrick actually tricked Scott into playing Turgidson far more over the top than Turgidson wanted to. So he was playing it a lot more straight. Um, but Kubrick said to warm him up for them, he wanted to do some practice takes that were very <laughs> over the top and just ridiculously <laughs> silly. But they were the actual takes and the other ones were the fake ones. Yep. So Kubrick... Big brain he, director move. <laughs> <laughs> He's an auteur. <laughs> um, so Kubrick obviously used the practice takes in the film, which led to Scott swearing never to work with him again. He was <laughs> real pissed about it. Um, the other fun fact I have with Scott and Kubrick is... Um, so Scott disagreed with Kubrick about several um, aspects of production, um, but Kubrick apparently got him to uh, relent or agree to these uh, by repeatedly beating him on chess at chess, which they played on set quite regularly. And according to Scott, despite the differences, he always respected Kubrick immensely for his skill at chess. This is one of the greatest directors ever known, but not only that, apparently also a very good, apparently they were both very good chess players. Uh, and lastly, we have uh, Slim Pickens as Major T.J. King Kong, <laughs> a, t- a name that I'm never going to get sick of saying. <laughs> T.J. King Kong. So Pickens uh, was an actor in uh, many Western films, and according to his fellow actor, a little, little known man, James L. Jones, um, <laughs> he was Major Major Kong on and off the set. He didn't change a thing. His temperament, <laughs> his language, his behaviour. Um, yeah, I could see that. So apparently Pickens was intentionally not told that the film was a comedy and um, and he and he only received the script for his scenes, no <laughs> other scripts. That was in order to get him to play the character straight. So he was not trying to be funny it's in any him. of his scenes. <laughs> yeah. This is just what the man was like. Yeah, he was but also, like, I kind of liked it, like, the plane stuff was just filmed. Like, they didn't know, like, he didn't know what well, the it, rest of the film was It is happening. very separate like, from the events of the rest yeah, of like the film. Yeah, like, it's just, like, its own little, like... I mean, it's the driving force of the plot, but, like, it's just kind of its own separate... Like, there's zero interaction. And it's happening hundreds of kilometres... Yeah. Thousands of kilometres away from everything else. zero interaction between them and everyone else. Because they never... Yeah. Do they ever get contact? There's the initial order to carry out the mission, that's it. Yeah, and then they try and... They get contact all the other planes because their um, system's broken. They never talk to anyone else. Because when that missile went off, it damaged the... Radio, because half their plane caught fire. Of course. Which I'm almost stopped at talking about the plot. But um, one more thing on Mr. King Kong. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, Slim Pickens. So Kubrick's biographer... What John, a name. I know, right? John Baxter said uh, he arrived on, on the set and somebody said, gosh, he's already arrived in costume, not realising that that's how Slim Pickens simply dressed. Cowboy hat and boots, fringe jacket. He wasn't putting on the character. That was just the way he dressed and spoke. <clears throat> And I, I just love that, like they got this, like they got this man who was an actor, but he barely acted in the film. It was just apparently the way he was. But just like the name, Slim <laughs> Pickens. Pickens. I get that Slim was like a name back then, this, yeah. And in America, but if Texas. your last name's Pickens, <laughs> or is it actually his name? That's his, his name, name is actually I, Slim Pickens. Well, I don't know if that's like a stage name. Maybe it must be. Sure. Uh, you, can you can you try and find I'm, that out for me, Jacob? Because I'm, I'm on his, oh wait, oh, oh, here's his birth name. Yep. Lewis Burton Lindley Jr. (laughs) 
That sucks. <laughs> went from a went so, from one complete side of a name to another. So I mean, maybe he was just like, "There's slim pickings in this name for when I register as an actor." I mean, oh, I'm going to be <laughs> slim pickings. Well, he 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 said, funny enough, after this after this role, of course, that like he he he'd been in a fair few films, but then he just like he just started getting in more successful stuff, getting paid a lot more, bigger bigger rooms, bigger movies, everything. So the the pickings were no longer slim. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, you fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a movie called Christmas Mountain. There you go. Um, so that's about all the production notes I have. So we should probably actually talk about the plot since for anyone that's listening to this and hasn't watched the movie, you might be a bit confused. <laughs> so before we get to that, I'm just scrolling through Slim Pickens' filmography. Yeah. I recognise nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a, a fair few westerns, but nothing. So, so many westerns, <laughs> <laughs> but nothing that I recognised either. Oh my god! Do anyway, have, yeah, do we have many westerns on the list? Not really. I yeah, we think. did three of them, and I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, and well, then we did the inspiration for, uh, like, we did Seven Samurai, which is like like an inspiration, inspiration for, for half of, of the fucking westerns that were made afterwards. Yeah, that's true. True. Um. So going into the plot, um. We have General Ripper, who's uh, played by Sterling Hayden, the only um, actor that I didn't have fun stories for. Um, so General Ripper uh, orders uh, Wing Attack Plan R to the um, bunch of airplanes that are constantly in rotation in the air with nuclear bombs ready to attack Russia if Russia launches a, a surprise... Sorry, the USSR. The USSR orders a surprise first strike. Yes, because the United Soviet... Sovereign Union or something, I don't know. Yeah, the Soviet Soviet Union. I'm going to call it that from now on. Um, And and under that... United Soviet States Republic? Republic? Yeah, I think. I'm going to Google it. Yeah. United Soviet States Republic. So they start this wing wing attack plan R, which then um, the aircraft shut off all transmission unless they have a certain code before it. Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. Republics. Of course. I knew that. <laughs> In the back of my head, I did too. Yeah, I sort of read it and I was like, oh yeah, I'm stupid. Sorry, carry um, on, James. So yeah, so they can only be um, contacted with the code prior to it, which only General Ripper knows. Now, uh, the USSR has not actually attacked um, America at all. General Ripper is um, doing this in order to start a war that he... Um, in that then essentially mm. cannot be stopped. Now he's doing this because, as well as the general hatred of so, of um, the Soviet Union and communism of Mother Russia, he uh, believes the Soviets are using fluoridation of water to pollute the precious bodily fluids of Americans. I love that because I only drink distilled water. <laughs> but also, I love this like that whole like military base thing. Is this American sh- soldiers shooting? American at American soldiers. soldiers and they're just fighting each other it's like don't believe anyone that you see no matter what the uniform is unless you personally know them they'll look like us and it's just like yeah because they are you dumb I, fuck I love the soldiers going geez, these commies they've got real convincing looking yeah. jeeps <laughs> <laughs> it must have got them from the like supply I was like it's fuck me because they're Americans oh. um yeah, I, I really enjoyed his obsession with fluoridation because yeah. it's still it's one that people still like there's uh, people yeah. that believe it now. It's like yeah. it's you know it's, it's like flat control. earthers and all that. You know, the, but the didn't you know that when we get the COVID vaccine, yeah, right, it's going to inject us with the Bill Gates microchip. Oh yeah, and then the fl- when we drink the fluoride in the water, it'll activate it and we'll all be mind controlled. <laughs> I had a I had a guy at my work the other day who talked to me for five minutes about like oh, no. about that bullshit <laughs> and all the, the COVID's a conspiracy and all this. And I'm like, <laughs> man, I don't get paid enough to please go away. <laughs> Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I'm going to close in half an hour, man. <laughs> the door on your head. <laughs> um, so uh, after um, getting a call in the middle of the night, uh, General Buck Turgidson leaves his mistress to go to the war room and consult with uh, President Muffley. Um, we talk about how like he's just on the toilet <laughs> when that phone call happens and she's like calling out to him. And you can tell he's like, he's really like, annoyed. He's like, uh, just tell him to call this person. Yeah, have you tried this person? Has he tried it himself? And it's like he's always like he's hurrying himself, and he comes out. And he's like, okay. But what? also, every time she goes back to the phone, she's only like 
talking. Oh, she's only listening for like maybe two seconds. Yeah. And then she'll go on like, she'll repeat it, but it'll take it'll like 20 seconds <laughs> to get out. <laughs> they got that across really quick. Yeah. But he's still, he's still not even panicked when he says, we're doing attack plan R, which is all these starting a nuclear yeah, war. Yeah, he's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll be, I'll be like, okay. I better stop doing a shit. <laughs> no, I think it's because like he didn't want to panic her. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to go over to the war room and see what's going on, you know? And she's like, oh, you'll be long. He's like, no, I won't be long. I'll be back soon. Just like, real cash. Just going to go for a walk over there. Just, you know. To the war room. Be fine. Like, Bro, it's the end of the fucking world. <laughs> Literally. So um, in the war room, we meet President Muffley um, and probably Dr. Strangelove, but not for a while. Um, just in the corner. So uh, uh, Buck Turgeson wants them to essentially go along with the general's plan of um, continuing this into a full strike to... Wipe out the Soviets before you they wipe can out ninety percent of them before anything can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, why not? Um, and this, 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 like, there's a character like this in Failsafe as well. That's like, we need to go with this fully, but yeah, he's not. He's not as funny as as. Oh, we're ringing. Buck Tedgerson. Oh, we've got a caller ringing in. <laughs> what take the phone off again. <laughs> <laughs> How can I assist you today? <laughs> Just uh. patch him through. <laughs> And they'll be like, um, <laughs> we suck. Oh. Oh, no, hang on, it's this one. Nope. That one. That's what it'll be on the other end of the line. Oh. Imagine calling up this podcast just to, just to give us hate mail. Um, <laughs> fuck you guys. Okay, sorry. And that's it forever, bring, everybody. Bring back Kat. She's the best. <laughs> How did you know she wasn't here? So, How did you um, know we were recording now? <laughs> Um, against Turgidson advice, um, they bring in uh, the Russian ambassador, Alexei, I'm not going to try and do his last name, um, who tells them who uh, they're, trying, they're trying to get onto the Russian president to warn them to help him shoot down the planes. Um, and he then tells them of the doomsday device, uh, various buried bombs jacketed with cobalt thorium G, which uh, if Russia was attacked, a, a computer would detonate the bombs, leaving, um, leaving this um, deadly radioactive material to um, encircle Earth's atmosphere, leaving it uninhabitable for for any humans or animal life for 100 years. But also, like, that's not how radioactive half-life works. Well, apparently it's somewhat, like, accurate. Like, I, 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 I didn't write down, down it because I yeah. didn't understand it, but, like, it's that's based... A, it's not entirely true, but... <laughs> yeah, but it was just like, um, it'd be longer than that. Sorry, mm. I don't understand nuclear physics. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Think of like Hiroshima, or like well, I mean that's all right, but I like think of like Chernobyl. Like you can't live there. Like it's yeah. a very radioactive like environment. Well, I assume it's a, it's the same thing, but they had a plan to distribute yeah, it throughout the whole. Exactly. Atmosphere. So the whole every piece of soil on the earth would just be radioactive death. Mm-hmm. The water. Yeah. Anyway. Um, the doomsday device. There's no official things that these were. A thing, but it's like it's based on general like hearsay. Pe- oh, yeah, people like in the mutually ad- assured destruction thing, where they were they were getting ready to, if they wanted to kill them, they were gonna kill everyone. Kill everyone. That it was by having so much potential to destroy everything, no one would attack. I've seen that movie before, and it was a very long time ago. And I could you <laughs> shut up, me. <laughs> and I can't remember what it's called, but like. There was like these nuclear warheads that were like strategically placed around the earth in like fissures, like in between continental plates. And if they all exploded at the right, like at the same time, the planet would just break apart. And it, <laughs> That's yeah, intense. And I was like, uh. damn, imagine if that was real. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. even know it went off. A punch would be like, would be like, boom. It makes me just think of that. Like, I, you always see that same picture of like the thing going straight through Earth, yeah. just breaking it all apart. Yeah, just like, oh, well, lots of pieces now, and there's no atmosphere, and we're dead. <laughs> just instant death for the entire planet. Woo. Woo. Um, nice. So, following, uh, yeah, the the attack by the US um, forces that the other US forces think are surprise Russian, uh, sorry, uh, Russian forces in American uniforms. Um, General Ripper realises that they could not hold the base and that they would try and torture him to get the code out of, out of him. So (laughs) while, um, while I forget what the other general's name, the English, um, the English officer is just talking to the other room. He just casually walks into the bathroom and (laughs) shoots himself. (laughs) And he just goes like, 
Are you there? <laughs> He's like trying to like open the door. Yeah. <laughs> and the body's just against him. <laughs> um, so, he, so General River kills himself. But uh, Colonel Mandrake, studying his notes, um, eventually works out the code for contact and they successfully uh, call off all the bombers. With one exception, the plane that we've been following the whole time with uh, TJ King Kong and his and his crew, because they've been attacked by the Russian aircraft... It's just King Kong and Darth Vader, man. That is <laughs> off they go. <laughs> uh, because their um, equipment has been damaged, they can't be contacted and so they are going in to try and strike at Soviet military... Um, what are they called? Missile silos. Yes. Um, they're they're having a bit of trouble, not with just with their communication equipment, but with um, getting the uh, the doors to open to drop the bombs. So Major King Kong goes down there and uh, gets up to the the panel, uh, which to do so he has to uh, sit on the bombs themselves. Uh, he eventually is successful, opens the panel, and in a shot that I I like. I realized I recognized from The Simpsons and like yeah. other things. Everyone's it, seen it, but I never realized what it was from. Yeah. He rides the nu- the nuclear bomb <laughs> out of the plane, swinging his cowboy hat along. Wahoo! For about like it's like a thirty second or so shot. It's a long way down. Falling, falling down, riding this bomb. I just love how like I don't think the people launching the bomb realized he was obviously still sitting on it. <laughs> and he's like, "What about where's like, Major Kong?" And it's just like, "Oh he fuck!" Ro- he rode this bomb down. <laughs> We, whoops. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so yeah, uh, effectively, uh, um, because he's blown, because he's attacked Russia, this arms the doomsday device um, and activates it. However, before um, before that happens, we cut back uh, to the war room uh, where we get most of the of our titular character, Doctor Strange, loves dialogue. Um, I feel like this conversation, like. That you're about to talk about <laughs> should have happened before the bomb went off. Like, like, it's a bit late to start planning this now. Yeah. So this <laughs> this scene is the is. I think I sent you guys a message saying the ending is fucked or something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's fucked, but it's also a great ending to a movie. So uh, Strange Love starts talking about the contingency plan where um, because the whole atmosphere is. Um, going to be fucked up they could go very deep in mine shafts and and live there for uh, like a hundred years or whatever until the earth is inhabitable again so after after all this diplomacy and everything they just very quickly start talking about um a potential <coughs> uh mine shaft community uh where they they would of course need a 10 to 1 female to male ratio to start uh <laughs> to start rebreeding the human population <laughs> since a lot of it will be uh, will be will be killed. Yeah. Um, uh, General Turgidson then talks about the Soviets probably doing um, a similar thing that they would need to make sure to outbreed them because they do not want to have a mine shaft gap, <laughs> which is I think one of my favorite lines of the whole fucking movie. <laughs> but then the Russian ambassador sneaks onto the side and starts <laughs> taking <laughs> all the photos. Like, what a plan! Let's take all the mine shafts now. <laughs> Oh, it's too good. But also, um, like, strange love saying, like, all the women have to be selected for their... What was it? Sexual... Sexual... Oh, some weird sexual... It's something... Attractiveness? Yeah, but it, yeah. it, essentially, it essentially meant that they all have to be hot. Yeah. But it was like... But the men all just have to be important. But yeah, yeah like all the men have got to... It yeah. shows all the, like, mid-50s, like, really unfit-looking guys <laughs> being like... Yeah, yeah fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, it's so funny. Um, and then the other thing we have is uh, the characterization of Doctor Strange Love, where he seemingly has one robotic robotic arm that That's was still in- a Nazi installed by yeah. the Nazis that keeps trying to heil Hitler. And when he when he talks about like things that are helpful, trying to strangle him for a bit. Well, then, he, then he goes to talk to the president. He's like, "My Führer, I'm sorry, Mr. President." <laughs> He is oh, an shit. absolutely bizarre character that the whole so movie fucking weird. Is, is named after. Um, and yeah, and then the Doomsday Divide goes off. We see a heap of real bomb footage with a song playing. playing, And Lots. that is the end of the film. Real Tiana? It's, 
It's and a bizarre ending. Everybody could, died. A downer for everyone except the guys in the war room, I guess. But yeah, because they they've got all the hot chicks. <laughs> <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless the Russian guy just steals it all. Yeah. <laughs> they go to the mine. Why is this mine in North Carolina full of Russians? <laughs> How is um, this happening? <laughs> I'd just like to say to anyone listening, if after listening to all this, you're still confused at what the fuck the plot of this film was, so don't worry. We, we, I felt the same. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, no, I get it, but it's a weird fucking movie. It was Kubrick in the 60s like... <laughs> just doing weird it's shit. Really he was weird. always doing weird it's, shit. It's really weird for the time. Yeah. Um, I reckon it holds up though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the things I read as well was um, like the, the effect of this film on society was really powerful in that these were... You know, the whole nuclear war thing was hung over everyone's heads. It's like height of the Cold War. And, like, essentially it was the first strike in, like, never again were these things, like, felt so seriously in terms of, like, the threat of communism, the whole fluoridation um, conspiracy theory. It's like, what was it, 64? It was 64. So it's like the start of the Vietnam War. Like, it's... There's plenty of Cold War to go, but it was, I think... Plenty. it It was said, like, as, like, a... It was almost like you can't talk about these things. Yeah. And even um the power of like the Pentagon and the president to some yeah. extent was like eroded in part because of this movie, which yeah. I think is pretty cool because it's just a it's so fucking dumb. Yeah. I love it. Speaking of like nuclear weapons and the power and stuff, it was like re- like a couple of months ago, Trump tweeted about how like people that have nuclear weapons and were saying that the UK doesn't have any. They, the UK has like a lot. I was gonna say they're one of the it's like the US, Russia, France. But UK like, and like a couple others, like the only ones that are allowed to have them basically. Yeah, but like there's different rules for different countries. So countries like Russia and America refuse to sign up to the agreement that they need UN approval oh. to launch. So Russia or the US can launch theirs whenever, whenever they, they want. Feel like countries like America, uh, so like the UK and like Germany and stuff a part of an agreement that if they want to launch their nuclear weapons, they have to speak special permission from the UN at Geneva. Okay. And they have to ask. Like, it has to be a justified course so they don't have their own launch codes. Okay. No, I, I'm, I don't know because it's kind of like, well, you can't just, the, like, you know, you can't just have, the Queen just can't be like, kill them all, <laughs> you know? <laughs> she can't be like... That sounds horrible. Yeah, but Elizabeth, that you know, like a shit TV show would do. Queen Lizzie might one day just be like, you know what, I'm dying. And the entire <laughs> and Commonwealth is coming with me. This, this Donald Trump fellow, I really don't like him. Yeah, you know, so like, yeah, it's like all these different little rules and stuff, and that's like, and it's like the like the Iran nuclear deal and stuff of like all the different countries that want to have nuclear reactors, and it's like, well, if you buy a nuclear reactor, you're really building weapons grade plutonium, or are you using it for power? Yeah, like we have it one. Sucks. Nuclear generator in Australia. It's in Sydney. Yeah. yeah it's I, used yeah. to make nuclear... It's not power. It's used to make nuclear medicine. That's it. Yeah. I um, <laughs> I looked this up the other day because one, yeah. after watching this, and two, was re-watching yeah. Chernobyl with Laura. And it's like, do we have nuclear reactors? Like, I don't know. We have one. We have one. And we're near-ish it. But yeah, it makes medicine yeah. not power. But yeah, and so. it's not very big. Yeah. Like, if it went critical, like, a couple of Australian neighbourhoods might be in a bit of fallout damage, but, like, it's not going to be... A Chernobyl level event, like it's kind of okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I have one more note on this film because it pertains to the ending. So the original ending, um, less good but equally bizarre to the Uh-oh. to Strange Love's ending. Um, the war room was going to erupt in a pie fight. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah I, I did that when. Where I Where are this the pies well. coming from? I don't know. Um, the table. There's a. Oh, of course, the big, the big buffet table. food yeah. table. <laughs> Um, Try these Jamaican cigars. No, I don't. What was that? I don't smoke that fascist. Something. So, oh, so only commie. Like, yeah. Um, so shit. Kubrick scrapped it. Um, they they did film it. Um, it was scrapped because you, the pies meant you couldn't recognize the characters, <laughs> and also it was it was supposed to be funny to us, but done seriously by them and to make it funny. That's but hard, when they filmed it, the, the the cast struggled not to laugh during produ- during recording it. So it was fully scrapped and Kubrick says he, he's very happy he scrapped it because it probably wouldn't have, it wasn't as good yeah. uh, and it didn't yeah. align well with the rest of the movie. Like it's absurd, but not in a full, fully yeah. absurd way. Like the way. ending of this film is good. Yeah. Mm. 
It's very fitting. It's funny. It's dramatic. It's it's it's, and it's just a montage of nuclear explosions. It's like nice. Everybody died. <laughs> yeah, everybody dies, and I think that concludes um, my report on Doctor Strange Love. Um, Nick, do you have anything else to add to this spectacular Cooperism? Nope. Cooperism <laughs> is that a real thing? I don't know. I just made it up. I Maybe like it, it is. I don't know. Maybe I've heard it before, but it just came to my brain. I like it. Maybe. Um, not really. I, I, I really, I enjoyed seeing like a f- full-on like comedy from Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everything else, like, even The Shining, like, it's, it's got so like serious. it's got like like funny moments, I guess. But like. And then like 2001 A Space Odyssey, which was just like, was yeah, just conceptually mind-bendingly like, what yeah. the fuck is happening. What am I watching? It was good to yeah. ha- have a laugh, I guess. A laugh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. Mr. Kubrick. Yeah, I, I, I like this complete, I was going to say it was left good, term, like, to do it, an this op- probably would have been before all the others. Um, um, no, it was before The Shining, but I don't know. Uh-huh. Stanley Kubrick films. Um. I just think like it's like it's good to have an old one that's also it's bef- it's before most it's before Space Odyssey, Shining, and Clockwork Orange. There you go. Yeah, I know. It, it's nice seeing like um, an old one that's a comedy that holds up and is still yeah. enjoyable. Like it's an hour and a half long. I was engaged the entire time. Like it was it was yeah. like one of those things. Like it's an in, like even what almost what fifty six years later. It's an enjoyable film to watch. Yeah, it's good to see something that's funny. Like yeah. when I think of like old comedies, like from what seventy years ago, I think of like I don't know shit like The Honeymooners or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think like it, it just works because like, like the show where the guy threatens to hit his wife, and that's yeah. the only joke that's, they that's tell. The like it's like, like it's the comedy is not dated per se. It's just it's still very funny. Yeah, yeah, and like a lot of the things that they're talking about are still modern. Things, yeah, like those, like themes and ideas, and the tensions between certain countries still exist almost sixty years later. So it's like, okay, I understand that joke because it's kind of still relevant. And if you made that joke today, it would still be funny. I, I know this. This isn't as old as some of the other movies we've been watching, like when we did our really old, yeah, episodes. Um, but com- there's always like some of them. I I really I enjoy. But it's, there's a very much a feeling I'm watching an old movie and yeah. I usually don't like that. This one, I even though obviously it's black and white, it's obvious yeah. that it's old, it, that, the vibe of it is not yeah, no. an old movie. This no. could have, like, if it looked, if it was in colour and looked better, this could have been released, you know, 10 years ago and it would not yeah, have exactly. surprised me that yeah. much because it's very on but the like, balls. Even way. if it's in black and white and like the way it's done, like, like it could hold as a stylistic choice of a modern movie to do something like that mm. of the time. Like it, yeah, it ages. It will. It has aged really well. I think the only part of it I don't like, I don't really like, and that I feel like is an older style thing is how much time they spent on some of the procedures within the aircraft. I felt like some yeah. of those scenes, yeah, a lot dragged of that a little. dragged on, yeah, for sure. But um. I suppose, uh, did you have any more thoughts you wanted to say, Jacob? Should um, I ask you a question? You can ask me a question. Jacob, would you watch Dr. Strangelove, I'm not going to read the full title, <laughs> again? I'm sorry, I don't know what that movie is without the full title. I'm um, joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you look on your face, it's like, oh, fuck. Nah, um, no, yeah, I would. Yeah. It's only an hour and a half. Like, it's a, you it's, know, yeah, it's an it enjoyable watch. It's, it's a short long, watch, it's yeah. It's not like watching The Godfather or... Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, would you watch Ooh. this again? I think I would, like, just to, I don't know, now, like, now that I know the whole thing and I get it, like, I would like to just watch it again and see if it's, like, like, it feels paced quicker or if I, like, enjoy it more now that I'm not, yeah. like, analyzing deeply it. Yeah. into it, being like, oh, fuck, like, I've got to get every subtext because... Yeah. Like, well, God, it's all could be lighter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> James, would you? Yes, <laughs> I would. I was thinking, should I ask myself if I should watch it again? It's <laughs> like choking on a, like a bad laugh, and I'm like, help me. <laughs> um, yes, I absolutely would watch this again. It's it's funny. I enjoyed it much more than I expected to. Sick. We can move on to what we've been watching and what we're excited for. And last week I said we we're going to talk about the boys, but we're not because Kat's not here, so whoops. Sorry, but Kat, no. James, Nick, and myself... <laughs> 
all have something very big to talk about. And can I just say, I feel like this is the first time in this segment I've actually talked about something that's just came out and I'm yeah. very proud of yeah. that. So, <laughs> well, actually, it hasn't been out for three months, so... We can what talk about it without about spoilers. What we're going to do... I don't think there's much to spoil. No, but okay. Is if Have either of you watched anything else? Other than Fable no. Save, no, I okay, haven't. Okay, no. So, I've I haven't really with. either. I've just been playing a lot of Call of Duty and watching this. And watching Did you a get a PS5? Th- no. Okay, good. Unfortunately. I almost um, bought Miles Morales yesterday, but it's $95 on PS4. Oof. Or you go to JB Hi-Fi. You go to JB Hi-Fi and it's like 79 or 69 mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah. Always buy the disc, man. Anyway. Um, well, yeah, no, that was for the disc. $95. Yeah, don't do that. Go like, JB yeah. Hi-Fi or Big, or big Dub. But that's only because I was losing my mind. I was like, no, yeah. I just need a new game. So. Should we just have a roundtable discussion then? What we're going to do is obviously now that we don't really have anything else to talk about. I, I mean, I played the new Call of Duty. It's Cold War themed. It's, you know, appropriate to our movie this week. Have you played oh, the zombies at yeah. all? I haven't had the chance to do zombies yet. I'm considering buying it just for the zombies. Yeah. It, zombies. yeah. I just but, spent three days updating Modern Warfare, guys. If anyone wants <laughs> to play that with me. I play Modern Warfare still. Yeah. I think. So, because it's all we're going to talk about and then the episode will end. Well, I c- if you don't want to hear about Arnie, Dogger's bi- Arnie Donner's big old house of fun, Stop listening. Then stop listening now and we will see you guys next week. Thank you so much. You can reach us on our socials, blah, 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 blah. If you want to stay around and listen to us talk for who knows how long about <laughs> Arnie Donna and Arnie Donna's Big Old House of Fun, complete spoiler. <laughs> keep listening. Keep listening because that's going to be the rest of the episode until we say goodbye. That's Excellent. all we're going to talk about. I love it. So, And we'll do the same thing with the boys when we get to, when it. We get to that and the Mandalorian. So I think that's to a avoid, good way to get around the spoiler. To avoid spoiler and go, we can talk Leave about everything last. that... Everything else we've watched, go around and do that and then just have a spoiler discussion as the very last thing. That's a really good solution. Because then people can stop and come back to the end of that episode once they've watched it or if they're like me, just listen to it anyway because... Oh, my God. That's so smart. (laughs) Yeah. So, if you're not sticking around, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. How good's Arnie Donna? Donna. Yeah. So, how long have you guys been watching Arnie? I didn't know you watched Arnie Donna. Oh, I've like talked to James about it. I think I've talked to James about it at uni before, like ages ago. Like Arnie it's Donna. just yeah. the best. I yeah. I think I started about two and a half years ago with um Be- Bevies with the boys, the ske- the one of the YouTube sketches, yeah. and just was so hooked. And I have two of my friends that love them as if, well. Before we go into like. Big old house of fun. You guys watched Hamish and Andy's true story? No. no. So there's an episode of that where a dude, like nutsack, gets bitten by a dog. Right. So Hamish and Andy's true story is like these people come on, yeah, they interview I, I them, and like yeah, but like little people, yeah. segments of it, but yeah, and like they tell a story, and then like it gets acted out by Australian like actors and comedians replay the story. So there's this episode where this dude's like nutsack gets bitten by like a dog, and the dog's jaw locks. And he has to go to hospital because it's just stuck there, right? Yeah. But the Arnie Donner boys are in the episode. It's his backyard barbecue and it's the fucking funniest <laughs> thing. Because <laughs> they're just there and it's like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, how, how long have you... When did you find out about them, Nick? I found out about them like years ago, but I always like... I would always hear people go, oh my God, they're so funny. They're like the funniest thing I've ever seen. And just me being me, I'd be like... No, I bet they're not. So I never. Wa- <laughs> I want to be a contrarian. I, 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 never, I never really watched them until like a year and a half ago. And as a disclaimer for anyone that's listening because they don't care about spoilers but doesn't know what Auntie Donna is, you will either love them or hate them. There yeah, is there's no, no middle between. ground on we this. We just say Auntie Donna is a Australian absurdist comedy group. group. Yeah, the tr- trio sketch. of yeah, Australian comedians that it's very... If you unique want, Australian comedy, I would say. If like you want an introduction to them, I recommend the video being bigoted in the workplace on YouTube. Oh, yes, fuck. That is the best one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, and like on their YouTube channel, there's like they do like different like series. So like, there's like the, the high, 1999. Yeah, and like the Glenn, Glenn Glenn Ridge Secondary College. College is the fucking some of that is the funniest shit. One I of really my en- favorite one of their sketches is the PE class <laughs> and Rhoda's the PE teacher because one of my PE teachers at school is about the same build as Broden. <laughs> Dressed like that and has the same, like, orange, like, almost bald Holding head. Haircut. And would do, like, all right, guys, it's your lunch. And, like, the lunch, <laughs> like it's the exact same it's, thing. It's so related. It's not and on, it's guys. like, it's that's, not on. yeah, he would, like, <laughs> yeah. the way that, like, Broden is talking in that sketch is exactly how my PE teacher would talk. 
I, I have the same for the for the kiln sketch. Yeah, and the, just, our tech teacher was just <laughs> like that. And it's just like that sketch is like that is Mr. That teacher. And like that's fucked. <laughs> because it's just like traumatic high school memories. But at the same time, like it's such a real like that Glenridge Secondary College like series. I think it'd be a good like for some people for jumping. Australians. Yeah. Especially yeah, for especially for Australians like around like our age. To jump into, it's so relatable to because you just your like experience yeah, in high school. This is what our high school was like because it's like they're what ten years older than us, max. They're about thirty. But yeah, they'd be two. like mid thirty, oh, early thirty. Yeah, so early thirty. So like within oh, ten yeah, years of us, so their high school experience would be very similar to ours. Whereas like us to like the same the next way, like the kids are in high school now, would be so It'll different. Be probably quite different. Yeah, it's mm. changed a lot. Yeah, but like the younger end of the millennial. Generation would fucking love this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's um, the best. That and their um, live show they recorded at the, the end more. The, the full, yeah, that's fully on YouTube. That is great yeah. as well. And a lot of that is in Big Old House of yeah. Fun re- yes. reimagined. Yeah. Um, so shall we talk about Big Old House? Of oh Fun yeah. Then? Yes. <laughs> so six episodes, twenty minutes each on Netflix. They've they've been promoting it like nothing else. Now they can finally talk because they yeah. made it two years ago. Yeah, and it kind of yeah. came out of like nowhere. It felt like, well, like it was there, but they couldn't. <laughs> I think that's say just a, yeah, that's a Netflix thing. Like so much of this shit that is on streaming now it was made just, so long like, ago. Here's a trailer, and it's out in three drops weeks. Yeah, and and, and then all drops at once, that model. and it's but, just. But I just like how like yeah. they can keep these sorts of things under wraps. Yeah, like it's just you don't know, and it's like, oh, it's out, and then it's like, oh, it's out like next week. Mm. Sick. So, um, a couple of months ago, they fucked up on the Patreon podcast, and people there <laughs> found out, and they're like, "Guys, please don't leak this. Pretty please, you're on here. You're paying us money because you like us. Don't fuck this up for <laughs> and us." And no one did. No, it, That's it, so it good. got through pretty oh, good. What, what but they, everyone, what did they do? We, like, well, every, um, like they, I think just in something they had in in the background, something with. That made it obvious that they had yeah. a Netflix show. Oh shit! I've also <laughs> now listened to a podcast where they've they talked. were just in the Netflix office. And there was a big like, <laughs> yeah, red end behind yeah. them. Like, oh, oh fuck! Um, also, so you guys know the the album? They're a bunch of sketches that are like music. Mm-hmm. Um, they did an album tour, and one one time apparently they all got a bit like drunk before it sometimes. And on one of they had these shirts like that they wrote on, and one of them wrote and wrote, "We have a Netflix show." <laughs> and no one was supposed to see it, but it got filmed, and oh, people like no. saw that as well. And they tried to play it off like, "Nah, it's just a joke. Obviously, yeah. we don't have a Netflix show. That'd be great." <laughs> yeah, we're not <laughs> that popular. <laughs> What's the thing? Like, it's, like apparently they were they almost got a stand series. I, I was listening yeah, to like I, a podcast I think on the way here. They were trying to do it's that. So one weird a while that ago. Netflix picked it up though. Of all, yeah, like, well, like they're so broad. I feel. Yeah, and like, Auntie Dotter is not something that appeals broad. But I, I mean, think, no. I think the other thing is Netflix is being pushed by a lot of like industries in different countries to have content from that country. For, yeah, like to push, like especially in Australia, to have Australian content. That's kind of like how that new Chris Lilly show came about because there was a yep. push for Australian content. Like who's popular in Australia. And like, obviously that didn't really quite. I mean, not Chris Lilly, but they gave him yeah. a series anyway. <laughs> but they're kind of like, what's a popular thing that we could like bring back that would get yeah. a large audience. And they obviously just fucking missed the nail on the head by like 60,000 miles. Cause that, <laughs> yeah. Lilly. But I think Undone is one of those ones like, okay, what's really popular right now? Who's more like not, instead of going who has been successful, What's the future? And it, I believe it was originally they, coming straight after um, Glenridge Secondary. Yeah. So it was meant to drop last year, but yeah. they had various delays in COVID and whatnot. Yeah. So like, yeah, but it got pushed back. But like, it makes sense like that because that was very yeah. popular as well. Yeah, yeah. Like that was, and they were in the spotlight to some extent. But also like Glenridge, like secondary, like college was just like different Facebook pages were just like reposting sketches. Like it was fucking everywhere mm-hmm. when that came out, and like. And everyone's just tagging their mates like, this is our PE teacher, yeah. this is our industrial teacher. And all these people that had never seen or ever heard of Arnie Donna before were like, this shit's fucking good. <laughs> and their audience just fucking exploded. Mm-hmm. Like within like a few weeks, they went just essentially like global, like really quickly. Like there was BuzzFeed articles about like, if you want to see what Australia, like who remembers like secondary school being like high school being like this and like 
it's just their sketches and it's like, yeah. yeah. And it's good because they, I feel like they got stuck on, like 1999 was really popular and then they tried to recreate the success of that and couldn't do it until Glen Ridge. So yeah. it was really nice. But that makes sense though because like no, no, you're no, mostly great. just getting kids being like, oh my God, this is you Tyson or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, remember Mr. Such and Such do- <laughs> not doing this to us yeah. in class? Oh, what a fuck weird. Like, oh, yeah, about, yeah. Like, like, like the all whole, the fucking handball games. Yeah, like it's the, the best. <laughs> um... But coming back to the show itself, yep. um, I, 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 one of my favorite sketches is the "Everything's a Drum" one that it starts on in episode yeah. one, and it's just—it's so funny. I love Morning Brown. <laughs> Morning Brown, <laughs> just honestly, like, just watch it. Everyone that's listening that stayed this far either knows what it is or is really curious as to what the fuck we're talking. about. Go and watch about. it. Yeah. You'll just be able to decide in episode one, the twenty, which is just twenty minutes, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Oh yeah, if you. Waiting still for us to talk about the boys. Uh, Jack Quaid and Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander, and are both in the series. <laughs> yes. And like as also well like... As, um, Ed Helms from The Office and Hangover. Ed Helms. Yep, um, Ed, Ed Helms. Helms. <laughs> You've got Weird Al Yankovic pops up. Yeah. Um, Karen Sony. Like there's a huge list of comedians. Like Ronnie Chang. If anyone knows who Ronnie <laughs> Chang is, he's just... Wait, fucking I missed him. He's not. Yeah. He's. Is it just voice from him? No, is it, he pops up at the end of like episode two or three. Uh, is he? Yeah, who's in Crazy Rich Asians? Which it's just there. Huge. He's literally like a one like ten second scene. <laughs> yeah, like there's so many just people that just kind of appear and then disappear again. Like, yeah, like there's just people that have been like in between his movie, like or you know, there's just random. Fucking like comedians from all different I'd, countries that just appear yeah. and then they're gone. I'd say they'll get like w- way more famous people. Well, like, the next day, like if one of the, again, if they I was listening to an interview with one of the boys. I think it was Broden was saying like, "Oh, there was heaps of people we asked, and they said no." It's like <laughs> for season two, I will ask them again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't care. They said no the first time. Now that they've seen it, they're gonna be like, "Oh, I want to be in that." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because like in America, like this is like taken off heaps too. Because of some of like the Americans mm. that are in it and like they're talking about it and like all the boys stars that are in it, yeah, I'm and like gl- their friends are talking about it. like this is the like the, and the, like the, it's an expanding yeah. their audience. I'm glad they didn't localize it to America either. Yeah. Like there, there's references to like Melbourne suburbs. As yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's ver- it's like it's filmed in America and like I mean the house could be anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> And but like, silly me, I was watching it, I was like, oh, such a nice house. It looks like a set, but I think it's a real one. But and then, and then, they then, walk then, out, yeah. And then, then, then there's a sketch where they're like, oh, my God, we've got free time. Yeah. And they walk outside the house and it's just a set. Yeah. Or when uh, they show the audience and the applause is going, but they're not doing <laughs> yeah. it. He was like, they haven't laughed for six episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Oh, it's just so good. Yeah. Honestly, I could talk about this show for so fucking yeah, long. Yeah, like it, I, like um, so many like they, like classic things that they've done. But there's just all these like just random new shit. And and it's just the, the great thing is someone who's already watched like all the sketches, so knows the punchlines yeah. of them. Is like, for example, in the um the one where they do like the the game show in the first episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, originally it's it's a live one just shot at some some venue and they say and they and Zach and Broden like sorry Zach and Mark um, flip around to be the two to the be the yeah. four characters and it's like oh the, the power of live theater and then it is the power of TV yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was watching like on YouTube so much of their back catalog because I was like I'm just gonna go and it was like there's a play it was just called the best of Auntie Donna. And I highly recommend it to anyone because it's just random bits from all their different ones. And there's like, um, the, when they like fill up on cheese before dinner. That's a good <laughs> I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, this is. <laughs> yeah, all those roof tapes because that those were cancelled. Meant for, to go on like one goes in each episode of that. And there was show only two episodes. Yeah. yeah, so it got canned, and now yeah. they've just got all this, all this. <laughs> and like, it's shame with cheese because it was it was the best board yeah. game. Yeah, is yeah great. explaining a board game, and it's just like this and this and this, and they're like. <laughs> What? And then like, he's just like, do you want to play again? Yes. <laughs> that is that is uh, one of my favorite yeah, ones as well. This, yeah, just go and there's like, yeah, school nurse and then like sports doctor and there's just so many good sketches that everyone should watch. You know what I noticed? This is a me problem, but like yep. when I, I've watched like the back catalog so much 
But so like when a sketch would come up, I'd be like, wait a minute, that's not how it goes. They changed it. I wanted to see the exact same thing I've watched three times before. <laughs> you three bastards. <laughs> three hundred. Mm. Yeah. Um. Just, oh, just. But otherwise, yeah, I, I just smashed it out in a night. It was yeah. Fun so stuff. Good. If you if you um. So I've I've shown I don't know a fair few people and and most people do like the sketch like as I said you'll either like it or you hate yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, the next tier of it is the podcast, which I am obsessed with, but is even more niche. And like I feel like you fall off more. You like you have that little p- a section of people that really like it, and then everyone really hates it. I, I know we've sh- not taken the dive into it yet. Yeah. I know we should not plug other podcasts, oh, but I love that podcast. Yeah. That's all right. They owe us one now. So. <laughs> I'm going to call Broden. Yeah, can we get Broden on the show? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, out Not of more. He's on Netflix. Out of like the three of them. Broden's the funniest. Who do you reckon would be most likely to sit in that chair? Zach. <laughs> I reckon no. Mark would. No. If we, if we were to do an episode of these to talk about movies. Maybe though, one yeah. of the actors that aren't them at this <laughs> yeah. point. Hey, I'd, take, I'd take Michelle or Ben Russell or yeah. anyone else. One of their writers. Mm. <laughs> Sam Lingham. Yeah. Maybe their doorman or something. <laughs> their doorman. What are they like? <laughs> oh. Is that um Would you watch it again? Ali Dodd would be oh yeah. definitely. Yeah. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm absolutely one hundred percent. It's so good. Yeah. I really hope they get a second season. Oh they will. And then it'll get cancelled because <laughs> it's Netflix. Say, it'll get <laughs> and then Stan will pick it up because it's Australian. Oh uh, yeah, they'll come pick up the crumbs. Apparently they're they can only post like specific stuff to their channel now on YouTube because of their Netflix contract. Oh, like from the show or just at all? Just at all. Oh. Yeah. That's depressing. That's I imagine not forever though. Don't know. Well, they'll, well again, they'll, they'll cancel it after so, the second season, so probably. <laughs> don't know if you guys are aware, but there was a, and, and I mean, I watched it in a video the other day, there was a streaming service called Quibi. <laughs> that launched at the start of COVID and it was all about watching things in portrait mode on your phone and little 10-minute blocks and whatnot. Oh, I did hear about yeah. this. Anyway, did completely failed. the Golden Arm? Dead. Yeah, I did watch the Golden <laughs> Arm. <laughs> but um, it has some, there's, there's, there's one series on it was called 50 States of Fright and it was meant to go through like a horror story from each state of America. But there was like three, there was three like horror stories from each state. So it was meant to be 150 episodes. There's only about 30 of them. <laughs> so I got through like 10 states. But there's a couple of good ones in there and a couple of just really shit stuff. Mm. But the Arnie Donner boys are talking about how there's different tiers. Like when you go to pitch, like you try to get a streaming like deal, there's different tiers of where you go. There's like the first, you're like in Netflix, um, Disney, Amazon Prime. Like you, you got yeah. your top. Did you put Stan in that? No. Okay, fair enough. Like this is like right when you're in America and then the bottom you go through Quibi. all these different things. And it's just like so many streaming services that I've never heard of. And like at the bottom is Quibi. <laughs> right you at the get your shit in portrait And they were fine because like they got Netflix. So they're saying, oh, but like Quibi will pick up <laughs> things that are on other things as well. And like just change it. It's like, oh, and like someone was like, you got to format it for Quibi. And they were like, no. <laughs> and like all these people like in the building that they were in when they were like post-production in the US – were doing things on Quibi and it just fucking fell apart. But the one thing Quibi did was if you made something and put it on Quibi, you still owned it. Quibi did not own it at all. Oh. So there's all these things Ooh. that were shot in two different formats. They either have it portrait or landscape. Just so they can all sell these it creators to Quibi without yeah, really selling it. Yeah. That all these creators now own that have nowhere to go. There's all these different like shows. It's like, oh, well, hopefully like 50 States of Fright gets picked up by someone else. Or, <laughs> But what's their pitch going to be? This was on Quibi. Yes. <laughs> so We would so like to finish it. I'm pretty hot property. <laughs> yeah. Is it the Golden Arm? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, we'll we get out. <laughs> the Golden Arm's an episode of 50 States of Fright and it's really fucked. It's uh, written and directed by Sam Raimi and his brother. Yeah, you know so Sam Raimi as that he was the but one not, that did the original the Spider-Man in, trilogy. But, but it's not the brother who was in Spider-Man either. It's no. But yeah, he's the man that directed and wrote the original Spider-Man trilogy and is doing the new Doctor Strange movie. So like, and like Ash vs. Evil Dead. And Evil Dead. And... The Evil Dead. The Evil Dead. <laughs> and, and Evil Dead 2. Army of Darkness. <laughs> so he's good. So like, it's a yes. good episode because it's Sam Raimi and like, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> but yeah, Arnie Donner's big old house of fun is fucking sick. Go, go watch it. Yeah. It'll take you two hours. You'll laugh real hard. And if you don't, if you don't laugh in the first 10 minutes, fuck it's you. not for you. That's no, okay. No. But also fuck you. Go watch it. 
for two hours every day for the rest of your life and you'll continue to laugh. Or you'll or hate yourself for two hours. If you want to like renew it for a second season, just keep, keep yeah, it just keep watching it. Just cha- turn your VPN on and just change your IP address every time and keep watching it so it's a new view. They did a live stream where they just put a phone number up and the oh, people called them. And that was tried the to fucking con- funniest thing. And tried to yeah. convince them to um watch to it watch or, if they'd, or if they'd already watched it to watch it again. Yeah, and they were like, do you agree to us collecting all your data and personal information that we may sell it on to other like companies and stuff? And like some people were like fucking it. Like, like no, nah, hang up. He blew it. He blew it. Hang up. And I'm like, I was so tempted to call. And I was like, oh, d- 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 my, my friend called and asked if, if Matt Stewart was there. <laughs> and, and Zach is like, yeah, I'm Matt Stewart. Like, Matt, you owe me 20 bucks. <laughs> oh. And then he got hung up on by Zach. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Fun All right. Stuff. Shall we wrap, wrap it, it up? up? Yeah, you can reach us at watchitagainpod at gmail.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Watch It Again Podcast. Leave a review on iTunes and uh, five stars, please, or whatnot. I don't know. I don't really care. Whatever you want. If you hate us, you hate us. But Just if you like Honey Donna, then you should like us. Yeah. We're so similar. Yeah. We're I'm the Broden <laughs> of the group. <laughs> Who's the most bald here? You. I mean, not. I suppose it's probably you, Nick. <laughs> Okay. Well, because we you have the shortest hair. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, we will catch you next week, and with Cat, hopefully, and all of us, hopefully together, that, that would, would be nice. nice. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. Bye. 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 I'm Nick. I, oh yeah. I'm James. And I'm not here. Morning. Bye. Brown. <laughs> Morning Brown. Woo. <Bye. laughs>